0: Amen. Amen. What did you just pray? You know, I I love the title of this series because as we take a look at the Lord's Prayer, uh, one of the things we have to do is stop and refocus and remind ourselves about the fact that when we say those words, we are following Jesus' command for us. It all started when the disciples asked Jesus if they would if he would teach them to pray and he said when you pray and then gave us this model upon which to base our prayer lives and sometimes we get so focused as we repeat the words on making sure that we say the right things that we forget the meaning of what we are talking about And so it's our privilege to think together about the Lord's Prayer. And we've been marching through the various parts. And today we come to that phrase, thy kingdom come. And we are going to spend the rest of our time together thinking about just those three words. Thy kingdom come. It was important to Jesus. The kingdom was something that he talked about over and over again Matter of fact, I looked it up. The word kingdom appears 40 times in the book of Luke. And in Matthew, he tops that, it appears 50 times. And so Jesus was talking about the kingdom a lot. Now, if you read the Bible in Luke, you'll see that it's referred to as the kingdom of God. If you read the same thing in Matthew, you'll discover he uses the term the kingdom of heaven. And that's because Matthew was so invested in his Jewishness that he never wanted to offend the third commandment about taking the Lord's name in vain. And so as was the custom in his day, he would use a euphemism and uh, substitute God with the word heaven. So it's exactly the same thing. It just looks a wee bit different. So I'm going to be saying kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God interchangeably today. And and that's the reason that it's the same thing in both gospels. It's just a slightly different way of approaching it. And so as we think together about what this means to be a part of God's kingdom and make this prayer, thy kingdom come, we're going to focus on the reality that it is both a future and a present reality. When Jesus instructed us to pray, thy kingdom come, he understood it was hope for the future, and it was responsibility for the present all at the same time. So let's think first in terms of what it means that the kingdom of God is a future reality. Every time you say, thy kingdom come, you are asking the Lord to bring to consummation his plan for all humanity. Now, uh, if if you like to spend one time focused on one chapter of scripture, this is your day. We're going to spend the rest of the morning looking at Matthew chapter 13. So if you want to grab a Bible or look up on your phone app, Matthew chapter 13, it may be very helpful for you because that is known as the kingdom chapter and it is a succession of one parable after another, after another, after another about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven as Matthew refers to it. And we're going to listen to what Jesus has to say through his own stories about what it means to be part of the kingdom. And the first thing we're going to look at is the reality that it is a future destiny for every one of us. So let's start with Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 to 30. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also (coughs) appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you might uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. Uh, Jesus also gave a companion parable. He said, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up to the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets and threw away the bad. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the first thing you need to know about the kingdom of God is that it represents judgment. That, that one day we are going to stand before the Lord and there is going to be this great separation, this sorting out that, that some people are going to be saved and, and other people are going to be left behind. And each of us will stand before the Lord And when we do, there will be two verdicts meted out. The Lord will either tell us that we are guilty or that we are forgiven. Because none of us are not guilty. Correct? We are either guilty or we are forgiven. And that will be this sorting out between the, the weeds and the wheat, between the good fish and the bad fish. And, and Jesus wants you to know that when you say, thy kingdom come, you are acknowledging that, that judgment comes for every one of us. But, but his real focus is not on those who do not make it, it's on this great ingathering that's going to happen that the good weed is gonna be brought into the barn, that the good fish are going to be put in the baskets to be useful. When Jesus was asked to explain the parable of the weeds, he actually ended on this note of joyful anticipation in Matthew chapter 13, verse 43. He said, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So Jesus wanted you to know that, that when The last day comes, and there's this moment of judgment. It's going to be a celebration for all of us who are believers because we're going to be gathered together and come into the presence of the Lord. It's a prayer for the consummation of the age when we will be together forever in his presence. This is how the Apostle John described what heaven is like in the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22. He wrote, The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. When you pray, Thy kingdom come. You're looking forward with expectancy because one day we are going to be together forever with the Lord in his presence. However, Jesus' main emphasis regarding his kingdom is what happens in the present. What happens here and now. Thy kingdom come, will ultimately find its full expression in heaven in the future. But we must never forget that it has to do with who I am here and now. My very first Bible professor was named Harry Anderson. I, I don't remember hardly anything he said except a couple of quotes He was a a senior citizen by the time I had him in college, well into his 70s. He wore a hound tooth fedora everywhere he went. We called him Harry the Hat. But I will never forget his definition for the kingdom of God. He said, it is the rule of God in the human heart, willingly accepted. In other words, ultimately, the kingdom is not just what happens in the future it's what happens in my heart here and now uh, you may have read at one time or another bill bright's famous little tract the explanation of salvation called the four spiritual laws and on that he has a simple little illustration of a of a throne in your heart a- and there's two pictures One has an S on the throne that stands for self. And it shows all the rest of your priorities in some sort of fragmented, difficult way that they never relate together. And then there's a second picture with a cross on the throne uh, representing Jesus. And all the other priorities in your life become properly ordered. And, and that's what Jesus was saying when he said, you pray thy kingdom come. It's not just hoping for the future. It's submitting to what God wants for you in the here and now. And what he wants is for you to make him the king of your life. In Matthew 13, Jesus used his kingdom parables to explain this sort of process that goes on. As we relate to Jesus. And and the first part of that process is discovering who he is. Jesus told these two companion parables back to back. Verses 44 to 46. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all that he bought and bought that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus wants you to know that you will never commit your life to something you think is unimportant. That the kingdom is of infinite value. That when you have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it changes who you are. And sadly, there are so many people in our world today who do not see that value in their lives. They decide in advance that the Lord cannot or or will not change them. They consider faith in Jesus a crutch for people who are weak. They're sure that you don't need the Lord because I've heard so many people say, I can be just as good without Jesus as I can with him. And they don't recognize his value And when they don't recognize his value, they're unwilling to commit to him. And I agree, you will never give yourself to anything that you don't understand has great value in your life. And so Jesus wants you to know that it starts by recognizing what a treasure he is. Do you recognize what a treasure Jesus is in your life? The relationship that starts with Jesus begins by discovering and recognizing his value. But if a relationship only has a beginning, it's really not a relationship at all, is it? Because they need to grow and to to germinate and to flower. Listen to what Jesus said. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet it grows. It's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus wants you to have this dynamic growing process in your life. And as you live for the Lord, the kingdom influence should continue to increase. It starts small like a mustard seed or like a a little bit of yeast, but it grows and it permeates all of life until it becomes the foundation of who you are. And and I love that Jesus added in that first little parable the fact that the birds come and perch in its branches. It's his way of saying that when you grow in the Lord, the strength of your spiritual life supports the lives of others. Can I pause here and just uh, give an unsolicited ad for our connection groups? Because sometimes people will say to me, I don't need that. And I I, want to tell them, you might not need it. But you need to give to other people. You need your spiritual life to be giving life to others. And that's how we discover that we are truly mature in our faith. So you discover Jesus' value. You commit your life to him, and you grow in his grace. And then Jesus gives one more sort of headline story that tells us how responsible we are to live out our faith. It's about the choices you make. It's about your responsibility in all of this. This is so important that Jesus made it the first of all of these kingdom parables that we've been talking about in Matthew chapter 13. Starts with the third verse. It says, he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns and grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to people in parables? Jesus replied, Because... The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. So so the matter of choosing how you will deal with the word of God in your life is so important that this parable comes first in this full chapter of kingdom parables. So that there'll be no question about its meaning. Jesus actually, unlike almost all of his other stories gave his own explanation, and this is what he said. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the seedfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now, I said this is about responsibility. The meaning of Jesus' parable is simply this you choose what kind of soil you will be. You know, there are some people in our world who simply don't believe at all, there are others for whom their faith is a, a passing fancy. It's something they, that, that they dabble in for a little bit, but they never really get committed. Jesus says there, there are others whose faith cannot withstand the rigors of life. And as long as everything's good, they're good. But when life gets hard, somehow, they let go of their faith and miss out on all the blessings that it could bring in their lives. But for those who persevere in their faith, those who discover Jesus' value, who grow in him and choose to invest in God's kingdom, for them, there are bountiful rewards. Jesus said 30, 60, 100 times what they invested comes back to bless their lives. So when you pray, thy kingdom come, it is longing for heaven, that's for sure, but mostly, It's a prayer of commitment that you are giving yourself to the Lord, that you are putting him on the throne of your heart. It's a present reality. It's what God does in your heart and your life right now. So I hope you are connecting the two. I hope you get... Living as a citizen of God's kingdom today determines whether or not you will be a part of his kingdom in eternity forever. Praying thy kingdom come is actually an invitation for Jesus to sit on the throne of your heart. Will you pray with me please? Father, thank you. Thank you for this model prayer. When we say those three powerful words, thy kingdom come, it's really an invitation. Because there's so many things that can rise to the top of our priority structures so can become most important in life. And you're asking us to recognize that your greatest desire is to put you first and foremost so that all the other priorities of life are ordered by your lordship. Pray that you'll help us to live that out as we go to put our faith into practice in your world. Go with us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Are here for episode two of the Galleon Grace Point podcast. Um, we're technically in week three of What Did You Just Pray? Um, we, Me and Pastor Paul kind of touched on the first part of it last week and then really got into the second part, but what I want to touch on here quickly is, you know, it's going to be kind of hard for me to elaborate too much on this week's sermon because the ideas that I had in my head leading into this sermon were kind of blown out of the water by Pastor Paul's sermon. It, it, honestly, he just expanded on it way more than I thought. Um, if you're listening to the podcast right now and had missed the sermon or listening to it again, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to repeat myself a lot here, but just like the future and present reality in that thy kingdom come line. When I was always saying the prayer, I was looking at it as, thy, when thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I was looking at it as, I'm going to get that kingdom when, when it comes when for what I have done on earth. And, and, and that is what it means. But where he went into Matthew 13 and the parables about the yeast and the bread and the weeds with the wheat... I thought were really good, especially when he said to not remove the weeds because we're going to let them grow with the wheat and harvest everything together. I thought that was a really, really good parable in comparison to let everything grow to grow to. I'm sorry, grow to, rather grow together, and and then we will harvest harvest our wheat essentially. And then the discovery part was what really stuck with me when you will never commit your life to something that is unimportant and that can go with every facet of life you know i'm sure there's been plenty of things that everyone has gone through whether it be a spouse or a friend that says uh hey come do this thing with me and then you'll go but not completely be connected into it so you don't commit like for instance here's an example i've got a friend at work He's really into formula one racing and I just don't care. He talks about it all the time and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. Oh no, man. Watch a few, watch a few. I find it unimportant. It doesn't matter to me. Just like he doesn't care about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do. I'm probably going to lose a few listeners now for saying that, but, uh, yeah, if you find something unimportant, you're never going to fully commit to it. So, like he says, do you recognize Jesus for the treasure He is? And unless you find Him important, you're not going to. And then growth, and that's where he brought in the bread and the yeast. You know, you you start with that mixture there. You start here at church, but that's that's not your ending. You start here, and it grows and it grows and it grows. Until you're not just at church on Sunday to be at church on Sunday. You're reading the Bible. You're really listening to the sermons. You're being a better person all the way around. Committing yourself, doing extra things, and you're not just showing up to church. And he he said that as well. You know, there's people that commit themselves for a little bit, and then they don't. They stop coming, kind of back and forth he even, uh, brought up, he said, I'm going to do an advertisement for our connection groups. And I think that's a very important thing. So right now I'm going to introduce our guest. This is Jason Ensminger. And, uh, I'm really proud of him for this connection group. Cause I think it's going to be really, really cool. So, uh, Jason, uh, welcome. <laughs> Welcome Thank to you. episode two. You're my uh, second guest, and the first one was Pastor Paul. So uh, don't oh, be intimidated. Gosh, you're putting <laughs> a lot of pressure on yeah, me here, Zach. That's a great follow up, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so, um, uh, Jason, I want to first of all give me a little bit of your background. You know where you grew up, um, your early life. Uh, tell me about that. Your family. Let's start with
2: that. All right. I grew up. Um, my early life. My parents were divorced. At age five. Um, lived with my mother, um, and she remarried to my stepdad, and I had two stepbrothers. Um, didn't grow up a life of faith, but um, uh, thankfully I had a grandfather that was a pastor, and he sent him and my grandmother sent us to church camp every year. And at the age of thirteen, at church camp, which Pastor Paul was actually one of my counselors, which is kind of cool because life goes kind of goes full circle at age but, thirteen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That <laughs> so, is really cool. I, sometimes I remind him that, but yeah. he <laughs> doesn't like it duo. But <laughs> um, well, he
1: did bring up last week that he used to have the uh, the brown uh, flowing hair. Was it still there, or was it, it was it gone by that yeah, point? It, it was starting to thin a little bit. <laughs> bit. Okay. But he he started still to take had off. it though. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's that was a long time. Right, <laughs> right. I got to give him some slack. But um I gave my heart to the Lord there. My family didn't really um didn't really wasn't really believers. I went to church by myself for a while. Um ended up getting involved in youth group there. Um you know, kind of got away from church after high school. Um you know, I I felt the Lord calling me to like always do something in youth ministries, but I really never I got dedicated to it, um, you know, growing up, and, um, you know, then I got married um, to my wife, who had grew up in a Baptist church for 40 years, um, and her family was well entrenched in that church, so, um, you know, it was really good. I kind of settled in there. Um, It was a good, good grounding thing as far as the Word of God, but that church, and my wife and I struggled. They were very focused on like rules like um you know for instance you can only use one version of the bible you know women had to dress this way Mm -hmm. and you know even in business meetings like women couldn't speak and if you know my wife she's very (laughs) independent (laughs) right yeah that that didn't fly very well but um you know and so we kind of we kind of just trudged on we did youth ministries and and that there and um you know the created a an issue in the church and we ended up leaving that church which we didn't plan on doing it right um and i think in a way it was god moving us where we probably wouldn't have moved ourselves yeah absolutely um and you know um my sister-in-law his mother went here and she tried out and like, okay, we tried out Venture, and at that time, kind of like the Junction now, mm-hmm. um, great program. We were like, wow, this is great. So we just came back, and then, um, you know, here, I think we've, I know as a family, we've grown in the fact that, you know, we took it more of not just doing things, but growing in a relationship, and I know Pastor Paul always talks about his relationship, you know, how we grow in that. And, oh, yeah. And how that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. He uh, he definitely does do that. Uh,
1: and I that I kind of had the same situation. I came from a different church and kind of a routine thing. I know mm-hmm. you said more rules, but yep. more of a routine. It just kind of felt like I was going through the motions. Yep. And that's why, again, you know, I, I said it so many times last week that why I like this series is we're elaborating more on what we are saying every day right. with this prayer, but. So what what year was it when you when you ended up here and this was where you established where you were going to be?
2: I'm thinking it was around 2013, 2014, so we've been here, you About, know, almost 10 years Okay, spot. Doesn't seem like that long, but yeah. and and we weren't even really sold on a big church, but when we came here, you know, it's just the atmosphere. We were kind of apprehensive, but it was kind of we were just kind of taken in and welcomed yeah right yeah and it was just like wow and you know and people the Lord led people to take us in and you know and I got to watch my daughter go through a youth group and you know grow and um really develop and you know we kind of got more active in the church but not doing it necessarily out of routine but more like I want to right I want to and yeah and how these people work so great together and it wasn't hey if you can't do it you know there's no pressure yeah exactly. It's, it's, you know, just here and people's hearts seemed really more motivated toward that. than.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I think that was what drew us to it as what drew us to here as well is the welcoming, the well, uh, well, <laughs> I cannot speak tonight, welcoming of everything and everybody here. And especially like the youth stuff, like you said, when you get to see the people that are working with your kids, like genuine, genuine people with good hearts and that are genuinely here to serve the Lord and try to teach your kids to do the same. Mm -hmm. So, so you went on a mission trip recently and you got to touch on it a little bit during a sermon a few weeks back during family series. But, uh, I imagine there's a lot more that you could tell me about that mission trip. So I kind of wanted to hear some, behind-the-scenes stuff and how that how that went your experience what you gained from it so uh I'll let you take it away from there yeah
2: that was that was my third trip Um, they're all unique in different ways Um, this one we were you know obviously way more remote um, you know getting there and just the environment Um, the heat was more intense Um, got a little sickness but um, you know, it, in the end, I just, it's so great the way God makes connections there. And I never really, um, you know, been through three of them. And I, you know, to me, there are three separate trips. But on this trip, the pastor we were helping out was actually the brother of the pastor that we had helped out before. Oh, okay. So then I'm starting to see, okay, it's connecting. Yeah. And like, okay, we're making, you know, we're making building networks yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, Interlocking everything, yeah. Through galleon. Um yeah, you know, for me it's just um a lot of it is just depending on the Lord there. Um, you know, because or doing things that aren't necessarily my forte. I'm a nurse. I don't <laughs> I don't do carpentry. Right, yeah. But you know, just doing I can, you know, grab a wheelbarrow full of dirt and haul it and, you know, shovel and yeah. that kind of stuff. So I didn't just giving what you can to the Lord and he'll magnify it. Oh yeah. Um, and just watching the, the community of people. I mean, to us, you know, they didn't have things that we had, but that's their way of life. And to see the people come from all the villages around where they were and just contribute to that church and to be as excited as they were to open this building because before they were meeting in a dirt pile. Right. And just to see their faces and, um, you know, to be able to do that. And actually, it was, they weren't even supposed to be in it until we were gone, but rain kind of forced the hand and we kind of used it a little, even before the part of the floor was dry. So, yeah. um, and just seeing that, their faces and their joy reminded me of in here when we did our big construction and, you know, got our, um, you know, our lobbies and um, kids areas, it, it just, the joy we had. I'm like, yeah, now I, you know, they get it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really good. So you said it was your third one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so where did you go on the first two? They, they've all been through Honduras. Okay. Um, and the nice thing, too, is um, we get to work with the same local pastor, Pastor Juan, and his, we call him his crew, his workers that, you know, um, that help him out on these jobs. Um, and these guys are giving from their full-time jobs to do this, you know, and um, as well and i just think that helps um and just watch it. and we've gotten to see these guys take care of their families and and um in some ways it kind of made me a better family guy because you know i saw not this trip but the first trip when i went with the youth uh one of the guys when it was dinner time um take his food and he would worked all day and it was hot he walked his gave it to his family to eat he didn't eat yeah that's... And I was like, man, and, you know that kind of <laughs> yeah. hit me. I'm like, you know, would I, right? Would I do that? Right. Exactly. And not just like wolf it out. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm hot. Yeah. But that kind of so. No, that's 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 really really cool.
1: I didn't I didn't know that part of it, but yeah, that's yeah that does make you uh, makes you think as
2: a father, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And just watching them and just the contentment, you know. Enjoy, you know, I get, I get irritated. I can't get my to-do list at home done. Right, and you know, my yard mode and yeah. cleaned up, and these, and things clean, and these, they're, they're content with like a dirt floor and a metal roof. Right, and in some cases, not even that. Yeah, and they're content, and you know, their joy, it, it kind of and their like, love for each other and the yeah. love for the Lord. Yeah, it kind of. Like a wake up call, right. almost, you, right? Right, and it kind of makes you almost reevaluate your priorities. You, yeah. what what is actually important?
1: Absolutely, no. I and Pastor Paul kind of touched on that last week, where he's like, I, you know, I get in trouble for this sometimes. What he said, you know, I call other people's possessions junk because <laughs> they for, really are. I mean, right. like you just said, with they have next to nothing there, and how grateful they were, and uh, like Pastor Tony was talking when you guys were up there with the the old beaten down soccer balls and just how excited those kids were were the uh
2: were the kids just as excited as the adults about the church um they were because they got you know kind of a building and Mm. they did a they incorporated the kids into the worship service and and seeing and allowing the little kids to sing their songs and um you know, they didn't have a worship band like we did, but they had a guitar and a turtle shell on the stick and they were still, you know, worshiping. And it was it was great. Make you know? do with what you got. Yeah, yeah it I was mean. it was great to be part of. It. And, you know, I did understand the sermon because uh, Pastor Brent translated what, um, you know, they were saying and stuff. But it just the uh, you could just feel the spirit there. And it's like, man, it doesn't matter didn't know language you could still worship
1: it's awesome it sounds like a super rewarding experience that, that that's awesome i i can't imagine how cool that feeling was like i know that you know experiences during it especially you know human anatomy wise weren't that great digestive system mm-hmm. and everything else but i it sounds like everything else that went out w- uh, went on overjoyed all of the other
2: side effects essentially right and Pastor Paul, even in one of our video devotions that kind of helped me out, he just said, one of them was choose grace, you know, cause you know, you're gonna be hot, you're gonna be tired, you're gonna get on each other's nerves. And I kind of just tried to do that even when I didn't feel good, when it was hot, you know, choose grace, you know, I just kept trying to replay just keeping that, that in your head keeping that in my head and well, it's great
1: advice <laughs> so so overlay i guess it ultimately it worked you persevered um you guys made it back um so do you think that it's going to be something you'll
2: do again or i would i definitely do it again because i think the more times i go um especially now with technology, you can stay in contact with the people you work with. And, yeah. you know, through technology, you can text and uh, communicate in different languages. So, yeah. you know, the bond just keeps growing. And, you know, I want to try to maybe learn Spanish a little better. I knew a little bit in high school. But, yeah. obviously, <laughs> it's been a long time since <laughs> I've been in high school. But um, So, I think I would definitely you know, I would welcome the opportunity to go again and hopefully there's one. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, So I imagine most of you know Jason. For those of you that don't, um, he's pretty easy to notice because he's always smiling. Every time I walk into the church or every time I'm around this guy, he looks like the happiest guy in the world. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I asked you to be the second guest here. Cause I'm like, he's just the nicest guy in the world. Like you were so fun on that fishing trip and so friendly. We, it was a, it was a great experience. And so you were one that I really wanted to have a conversation in the early stages of this because you're just such a fun, welcoming person. But I, I, I want to talk about the connection group that you've got coming up. So, um, Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is what you guys are going to go through. Tell me a little bit about, um, well, first of all, it's what, Sundays at 1? Sundays at 1, starting this Sunday. Starting this Sunday, mm-hmm. October 1st. Um, tell me a little bit, before you get into what really the book and the group is going to be discussing, tell me why you chose this one specifically.
2: Um, I kind of liked I've kind of liked Tim Tebow ever since, um, you know, he was growing up watching college football yeah. and just to see him no matter what, take the stand for Jesus, no matter what. And I'm yep. in, mean, and to watch him and it, and he's paid a personal call. Co- I mean, personal cost to do that, but he did it anyway. Oh yeah. And just to see what he's done even post, You know playing professional sports he's got these you know tim tebow foundation where he helps these kids and they do proms that i've seen it is so i mean it's just when you watch those
1: like it's it's hard to not walk away watching those and not be mm teary-eyed it's it's incredible yeah i i totally agree everything he has done um i think he's a great leader of men just a great leader period huge fan like you said back in the florida gators days Mm -hmm. Didn't like him when he beat the Steelers <laughs> right, in right, overtime in right, right. the playoff game. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't a good memory. <laughs> yeah, I have to bring that up, but you know, I'll let that one slide. There were bigger <laughs> things that he was going to accomplish. But uh, so yeah, so you're a big fan of
2: Tim. Um, how did you how did you find the book? Was it? Uh, I did it through. Um, we had done a youth devotional in youth group. It was called "This Is Your Day." Um, so I kind of been familiar with his style and and. Um, just looking through right now media which I mean everybody has access to yeah. it's a nice thing you can do it on your phone you can do it on your we have Roku that we do it on yeah. so um, just looking through that and I saw wow that's you know so I checked it out Let's watched the trailer watched the, through them and I'm like this is I like him because he presents it in a way that's simple and yeah. then you can understand it yeah that's what I like about him um you know he's this you know big personality but he can bring bring things down and
1: super friendly yep. approachable looking guy too. like mm-hmm. he, he looks like a guy that you could go have a conversation yeah. with yeah and there's a lot of football players you look at and you're like i don't want yeah, to Yeah, i, that I wouldn't get no you're <laughs> yeah. right no he is definitely one of them he's definitely one of them so one o'clock on sundays um and how long will this one go
2: till it's from 130 to 230 no, no, no I, i'm sorry oh, how long oh, will long. The, the entire it'll uh, be a six-week series okay um so it may take 6 or 7 weeks. Okay. Awesome. Um, depending on schedules and that kind of or you know what happen, if unforeseen things happen, but hopefully right before and right before Thanksgiving, so give people a chance to be with their families and and that kind of stuff. Um that's awesome. Yeah, I am super excited to like you know like I told you um, I'm
1: going to try to make as many of them as, as I can but with having the open gym and doing this right now and and having two little kids is going to be tough, but they also, like I was telling you when we talked before, you know, getting you on here, they, for people that are interested in it and are going to go to the group, if you're just going as an adult, um, a, that's going to be a great experience on its own, but they do also have a young readers edition of it. So, you know, if you're, uh, you got a middle-aged or (laughs) middle-aged like (laughs) a 10 year old or so kid that can really understand it. I think it'd be worth doing that. Like for, Uh, My son and I, my plan is to get the actual Mission Possible book and then get him the young readers one and kind of do it step by step with him and then watch the stuff on right now.
2: Cool. I I didn't realize that. I didn't. I saw the book and I've got the the Bible study book to go along with it, which goes right through it. But that's great. You can it kind of opens up. Yeah, open I don't know, up the younger audience.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I was looking into it
2: because I was I went to go order that
1: book and then it said young readers edition. I'm like, whoa, well, okay. Well, let me look at this, and my son would be really interested in that because he's a fanatic of football. Period. But mm-hmm. he's he's really into Tim Tebow at the moment. But uh, so do you know roughly uh, this first week? Not to not to spoil, you know what's coming mm-hmm. up, but uh,
2: kind of what you're gonna what it touches on. Um, it kind of talks about his, with the mission possible, everybody that God has given us all a mission or he calls it a purpose. Um, you know, each make a, to make a difference in the world and how to really do it, um, by letting God do it and not trying to do it yourself. And, um, the first one just focuses on pretty much, it's the basis for it. It's having that relationship with Jesus, and because Jesus being the center of that all, and taking that and moving the that into he calls it the mission impossible, mission pot, not mission impossible, yeah. mission, not, po- not Tom Cruise, not Tom boat. Cruise, sorry, <laughs> um, mission possible lifestyle. He so he's like incorporated it um, into like a lifestyle. So this it's. Then they're not long, they're maybe fourteen this longer the first one is the longest one's about fourteen minutes long, yeah. but typically ten minutes. Um and I like the book too because in the middle after the first one, there's four weekly ones to do in between. Okay. So I think that kind of carries it forward, you know, that way you're you don't have such of a such a big gap.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So It's you and your wife that are going to be doing it, right? Yes. So, will you essentially the format? I guess will you be watching the clips that like are on right now, media, and then having like a discussion afterwards after you read, you know, the chapters? Is that kind of what your your layout and format will be? Yeah.
2: So, would first we'll watch the video because there's a there's a a piece in the book that goes with the video, and then there's it's pretty well mapped out, and then there's discussion after the video, Um, and then you know. Hopefully, you know, we'll get into other discussion, yeah. um, you know, because I think the more discussion, the better. It's I like groups like that. It's, you know, I when I get to meet new people, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I see smiling faces and I have no idea who they <laughs> yeah. are yeah. Um, that I'm saying hi to every Sunday. But it's good to kind of meet people personally. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, with like the charter and different activities, that's I've, I really enjoy doing that. So I look forward to this.
1: Absolutely. Well, that and just uh, getting other people's takes on it too. Like you may understand what he's saying one way and Mm -hmm. they may interpret it another. So yeah, I like that. Like we've, we've been doing the the Bible study on Wednesdays and it's kind of interesting when questions are asked or opinions come up. It just didn't make you think that way. Just back to what I was saying about the thy kingdom come part of this series earlier. I have broke that prayer down in my head many times when I'm saying it, but hadn't even went this far and then you know you want to reread matthew 13 and you know uh, what he say it was called the the kingdom session but all the parables that were in there it's, it's it's really cool for a especially for a certain type of learner like i am that you know once those although i'm not seeing it visually i'm visually you know seeing it in my head mm-hmm. but yeah that, that's that's really really cool i'm i'm excited for this uh I'm excited to see how it turns out, and I'm excited to read the book. And honestly, I think you're the perfect guy to do it because with us you're kind of a lot like Tim Tebow. Oh you're gosh, up, you're, 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 you're well, not a professional football player, <laughs> no, but, no, no, gosh, no. <laughs> but you've got the same like positive, uh, good energy. That's, and uh, I, I think you'll be really, really good at this, and I think you're gonna succeed very, very well with this connection group.
2: Thank you. I'm I'm really looking forward to that opportunity and. I think it also doing this helps not only connect. It helps me grow because I'm, you know, looking into it myself, and uh, the ones I've done before have always gotten, always grown some way. So. Absolutely, and you know, just to, not to throw it back
1: again, but spiritual growth, just like right. in the sermon. Like right. you, you started here, coming from that Baptist church, and you walked in, and you saw all the welcoming faces, and then just. The bread rose, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is where you're at now. You've been to Honduras. You've got the connection group. Like, and just in the short time that I've been here, you know, to to see the mission trip and to see all these connection groups. Like, I mean, I mean, you look at the back of this and you see all the stuff we have just coming up in October. Like the growth that I've seen in the short period that my family and I have been here. It's it's crazy, but it's it's awesome to see so many people involved. And new faces all the time. Like I'm mm. constantly seeing people come in and yeah. and then they stay. That's, right, that's the great part. You're you're seeing everybody stay, worship together. It's it's been really really incredible. And like I said, you've been one of the ones that from the beginning that I've talked to you since I've came here. And you know the charter. It's it's been it's been really fun to get to know everyone. That's why I'm excited about this podcast and having conversations like this. And you know you're on this week, next week, you're going to hear someone else and you might hear something that you didn't know about that person. And next that's Sunday, great. Oh, Hey, you're, you're into this. I'm into that. Right. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. And I, I really am excited about Jason's uh, connection group. I think it's going to be really cool. There's, there's a lot of cool ones coming up. Um, I know there's the, there's the adult Sunday school. They, we've got the Bible study. I don't have all of them in front of me. I know Scott is doing the Christian educators one. There's, there's a lot going on in the life of the church right now. And I, I truly hope that everybody listening hops into one of them because I think there's going to be something everyone takes out of it. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. I would encourage people that you at least do one. I mean, Hard to do them all, but at least get involved in one. You you won't be sorry. No,
1: absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. So I, you know, I, I, and I don't like to put people on the spot. So that's why when you came up here, I told you. I said, "Hey, this is something that we're gonna do on all of my episodes." Is the advice part, you know, some some podcasts. I, I've heard the advice one. I'm not going to say I'm the original person that's done it, <laughs> but I've heard your favorite Bible verse, and I've heard this or your favorite this, your favorite that. Give me something. But I think advice is a good one. So it doesn't matter if it's been given to you or you've given it to someone else. What is your best piece of advice, Jason?
2: Um, I think for me, I growing up, I kind of struggled with identity, and I heard once that one guy the messages always listened to he always ended with um you know god loves you he created you for a purpose um and he's got he's going to be with you always um i kind of and i use it especially on wednesday nights because i do um junior high kids okay so you know if they don't catch anything else i've you know that you know there's a group of us that adults that does it You know, if they don't get any of that, you know, just pounding it in their head, you know, they're created. God loves them. They're created for a purpose, and He's got plan, good plans for their life. Because some of these kids, you know, may not know that. So that would be my, and it works not just for youth. I mean, it works for adults as well,
1: right? But I think the youth is a very good aspect of it because there are so many kids, like you said, know your identity that just don't, and they just feel lost out there. And He brushed on it in that sermon, either. You know, when people feel like they've done something and the Lord isn't going to be there for them or isn't going to forgive them or they're not good enough for that forgiveness. It's just not true. Know your identity in yourself. Know your identity in the Lord. I think that's excellent advice. But you said uh, you said on uh, Wednesday, so that's the youth group down here? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm actually genuinely asking for myself. Okay. So my son is uh, less than two years away from joining that. So I had to go down there briefly when we were kind of setting up this equipment. So w- what, what all does, you know, what's a normal evening on a Wednesday for the youth group?
2: Um, so we usually gather around, she opens up the gym around six 15, let the kids kind of get their energy out mingle for about. Yeah. Mingle about shoot basketball, play volleyball, yeah. um, hit that around then about six 45, seven, we go back and, do some worship, um, once a month when the PB and J starts, the PB and J comes down and worship with us. Yeah, That's great. And the kids do great with that. Um, so with that, and then Jeannie does, um, a devotion or a video series. Um, and then we kind of, after that, we kind of break out for half an hour in groups by, um, age and, um the middle schools we do by gender, like um middle school boys, middle school girls, yeah, the high school goes together okay, um so then we can kind of dig deeper with small groups and you know maybe get into some discuss- discussion okay, sometimes it's not always focused but you know it's always it's a great time, and just watching kids grow, yeah, not just the, physically but right, growing in the lord growing yeah. in the Lord and yeah. you know that just now i see kids that i've had in in high school that i had in that i had in as sixth graders yeah. so it's like whoa <laughs> yeah
1: yeah no that I, I bet you that's really cool i remember uh i can't remember exactly what age but i want to say not quite like seventh or eighth grade but yeah i guess maybe it was around seventh grade kind of a similar thing it wasn't called youth group but uh you know, once I went to public school, um, because I, I, I don't know if you heard this on the last podcast, but I grew up Catholic and so mm-hmm. when I went to public school I had to do confirmation. Uh, and so but we had a kind of a similar thing. Um, I can't remember exactly what the room was called, but it was at Saint Mary's and Shelby and it was kind of a kind of a youth group feel and I I loved that. Like I still look back on that with fond memories. So I think this will be something that all those kids you know they they look back with fond memories of it and enjoying it and hopefully when they're adults and have their kids get them back into the same things keep the circle going absolutely absolutely well jay i want to tell you uh again thank you so much for coming on i know uh, he's still in his scrubs guys (laughs) so he told me he had to scarf something down real quick so i'm gonna let him go and uh i'll finish up here and get everything ready to roll um Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for always being welcoming to me and my family as soon as we've had discussions, just the fun times we had on the boat out on the charter i mean neither one of us was great at catching fish no no not very much (laughs) i think we i think we lost more lures than we caught fish actually i don't even think that's a thought i think that's that's a fact or broke more poles (laughs) yeah yeah, that that definitely happened too so well i appreciate it again man this was an awesome conversation and uh i'm really excited to see where this uh mission possible takes you with this connection group and uh good luck man and Right. Uh, it's going to be really, really great. Got anything else to say before I let just you go?
2: Thank you for, you know, let me, I thank you for asking me to do it. I, <laughs> no, not um, no problem. Like man. I said, um, thank you for taking this on. It's awesome. Oh, um, I, appreciate it. I can just from talking to you, I can see your passion in it. So I'm looking forward to, you know, you know, listening to it a week after week and um, seeing where the Lord takes it. So awesome. That's exciting. I'm, I'm too love like, you and your wife and your young family watching you guys come and, and, and grow. I'm, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do with you guys. Cause that's
1: awesome. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have you back on at some point, maybe after we, after you wrap this connection group, you can kind of have like a wrap up session and maybe you, you know, gathered something else from it, you know, th- from teaching it. So sure. awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, We'll uh well I guess we'll see you on Sunday. All right. Sounds great, man. <laughs> Take Thanks. it easy, man.
3: strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life hallelujah To Calvary, pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh. He makes a way where there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done